0: This is the Fantasy Football Podcast, where we take data and convert it into fantasy success. No bias. No hot takes. Only victory. This is the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast, and now your host, Dustin Chandry. Welcome to episode 35 of the Fantasy Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Chandry. And for today's episode, we'll be looking ahead to waiver wire targets for week 10. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you, you can follow and interact with the show. We are on Twitter at FFAlchemistPod. Now verify it again, it is at FFAlchemistPod. You can also email the show directly with any questions and comments at FantasyAlchemistPodcast at gmail.com. Now let's start this episode off with the quarterback position, and there's one player in particular who has limited availability that you need to be checking, and that is Houston Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud. Now, C.J. Stroud is the youngest player ever, 22 years and 33 days, since at least 1950, who had a passing game of 450 pass yards, five touchdowns in the same game. The previous youngest player was Patrick Mahomes at 23 years and 63 days. Now, C.J. Stroud, he also set the single-game rookie record for passing yards, 470, in Week 9 against the Buccaneers. Now, through eight games this season, C.J. Stroud has 35 completions of 20-plus yards. That's second most in the NFL. He has three completions of 50-plus yards. That is tied for the most in the NFL. He has 283 pass yards per game, third most. He has 14 passing touchdowns, tied for seventh most. And he has 109 passes that went for a first down. That is sixth most in the NFL. He is truly having an an historic rookie season. Now, I said make sure to check that he's not available in your league because right now, according to ESPN, he is only owned in 77% of ESPN leagues, leaving him available in almost one out of every four leagues. So I would double check that CJ Stroud is not available. Now, one quarterback who is widely available and one I have been advocating for. For multiple weeks now that I said you should be stashing on your IR is Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. Now, as of this recording, there was breaking news that the Cardinals announced that they expect Kyler Murray to be starting for them in week 10. Now, prior to last year's season ending knee injury, Murray Murray was over 20 fantasy points in five out of 10 games, and he has a career 20-point fantasy score per game. Now, assuming Stroud is already rostered in your league, then adding Kyler Murray should be your priority, even if you don't need a quarterback. He can be a high-value quarterback, too, for a bye week streamer, or he can be a valuable trade asset for a quarterback-needy team in your league. Kyler Murray is only owned in 36% of ESPN leagues currently. As for the running back position, it is really difficult to find starting running backs available on the waiver wire. However, there is one in particular right now who is available in just about half of ESPN leagues currently owned in only 53%. That is Carolina Panthers running back Chuba Hubbard. Now, last week, Chuba Hubbard clearly had the running back one role over Miles Sanders, and that continued again on Sunday. Now, Hubbard had 65% snap participation compared to Miles Sanders, who was only at 25%. Hubbard had 70% of the carries compared to 26% for Sanders, and Hubbard had 60% route participation compared to 23% for Miles Sanders. Chuba Hubbard is a back-end RB1 across the league and should be considered as a possible flex option in your lineup. Now, another player I like as a potential stash is Bears running back Khalil Herbert. Now, Herbert is still owned in 58% of leagues, but the Bears designated Khalil Herbert to return this week. That opens up his 21-day window. However, the Bears do play on Thursday night this week. Therefore, I would expect Herbert to return next week in Week 11. However, if you do have an open IR spot, he should be a priority stash for you. Keep in mind, Herbert had a 22-point game in Week 4, and he was pacing for another strong game in Week 5 before suffering the high ankle sprain. He's been, and he's seen, a very consistent target volume, averaging four targets a game. Now next, let's talk about Ravens rookie running back Keaton Mitchell. Mitchell only owned in 1% of ESPN leagues, but he had a breakout game last week. He had only nine carries, but 138 yards rushing, one touchdown. He had a reception for negative four receiving yards, but he had 10 total opportunities in this game. By comparison, Justin Hill, Justice Hill had 14, and Gus Edwards only had five, albeit Edwards' opportunities were far more valuable being inside the 10-yard line. Now, I am being very cautious here. Mitchell is going to be touted as a high-priority waiver claim this week but he only played 14 of 76 snaps. That's an 18% snap participation rate. Now, best case scenario, I think, is he supplants Justice Hill and is is in a timeshare with Gus Edwards. However, I get the upside argument that if Mitchell were to win the job and command a larger share of snaps and opportunities, then he is a steal off the waiver wire. Now, I don't see that happening. In fact, I think it's a pretty small chance, which is why I am exercising caution with acquiring Mitchell. And then lastly, as a deeper league recommendation, Leonard Fournette is owned in less than 1% of ESPN leagues. The expectation is that the Bills will activate Leonard Fournette to the active roster on Tuesday following the loss to the Bengals. Now, against the Bengals, James Cook played almost all the early down work while Latavius Murray was more concentrated at the goal line and in the two-minute drill. However, I suspect Fournette will overtake Latavius Murray for his role in the offense and will not impact James Cook. However, I think this will make Fournette a player who should be stashed on benches in the event James Cook were to get hurt, or even possibly Fournette overtakes him too. As for the wide receiver position, I only have two recommendations this week. And just like we talked about with C.J. Stroud with the Texans, you need to check and make sure that teammate Tank Dell is not available in your league. Right now he is only rostered in 56% of ESPN leagues. Now coming back from the injury tank Dell last Sunday, he had six receptions, 114 yards, two touchdowns on 11 targets and two carries. So 13 total opportunities. He had 29.6 fantasy points on Sunday. That is his third 20 point game of the year. All three of those games, he got at least seven targets. Now the rest of the games this year, he was between three to four targets and was below eight fantasy points in all those games. Now, he's very much like Gabe Davis in that regard from a fantasy standpoint, where Dell has a wide range of outcomes on any given Sunday. But he is better than Davis in that his floor and his ceiling are both higher. The other option at wide receiver is going to be Patriots round six rookie DeMario Pop Douglas. Now, in the wake of Kendrick Bourne's ACL tear, the Patriots showed that uh, they view Pop Douglas as more than just a slot player. Now, yesterday... On Sunday, Pop Douglas played 53 of 64 snaps, and more importantly, he played 34 of those snaps out wide and only 19 in the slot. Now, previously, his slot percentage was 82% of snaps, and 38 routes on 46 dropbacks in that game. He had seven targets for a 16% target share. He caught five balls for 55 yards. Now, having the best player on the Patriots' offense is not ideal. But in Pop Douglas's scenario, we're talking about a rookie who has seen both his participation and performance accelerating here at the middle of the season. And I think he is a worthy stash going into week 10. And then lastly, at the tight end position, there are a number of options this week, which is good news, especially if you're looking for a replacement for, say, somebody like Dallas Goddard, who's probably looking at a four-week IR stint. But first, let's talk about Jake Ferguson, a guy I've been touting all year. He is now up to 59% owned. In ESPN leagues, he's had an, he had another really good game last week. But most importantly, his route participation has grown every single week, starting from week two on. He has gone from 46% to 62 to 67 to 73 to 84 to 85, and up to 89% in week nine. He is right now tight end nine in points per game at 10.4, and he continues to trend upward every week. Another player to keep in mind is Cardinals tight end Trey McBride, currently owned in 44% of leagues. Now, if you picked up McBride last week, you were likely disappointed, but I would recommend do not drop him right now. The entire Cardinals offense was a mess, with rookie quarterback Clayton Toon making his first start against the Browns defense on Sunday. His his utilization was still strong, indicating that an upgrade with Kyler Murray returning will greatly help the fantasy prospect of McBride, among other players on the Cardinals offense. Now, for McBride specifically, he still had almost 70% snap participation, he ran 63% of routes, he was targeted on 25% of his routes run, and he accounted for 28% of Arizona's total targets. Now, those marks are down slightly from the prior week where where he had a breakout game, but it still indicates strong opportunity in the coming weeks with Zach Ertz still on IR. Then I'll mention Luke Musgrave, the rookie tight end for the Green Bay Packers, currently at 17% owned in ESPN leagues. Now on Sunday, Luke Musgrave set a new career high in receiving yards. He had 51 receiving yards. He caught his first touchdown of his career. Now he's back to also playing over 80% of snaps on Sunday. He started the season playing over 80% of snaps, but his week for injury derailed some pretty strong utilization. Now his utilization appears to be back but this is of course somewhat limited being in the Packers offense. And then lastly, we'll mention Cade Otten, the tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, currently owned in only 8% of ESPN leagues. Now Otten has played over 90% of snaps all season long. He has a top 10 target rate near 15%, and he has seen his targets climb coming out of their bye week. He had two targets in week six, He had six targets in each of Week 7 and Week 8, and then he had a season-high nine targets with a touchdown on Sunday, 26 fantasy points. Given the depth at the position for the waiver wire this week, I would rank all these options the following. I would put Trey McBride first on the assumption that Kyler Murray is back in the offense. Jake Ferguson second, assuming he is still available. I would put Cade Otten third, and then Luke Musgrave fourth. So that'll wrap up episode 35 of the Fantasy Alchemist podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe. We'll be back with two additional episodes this week. Midweek, we'll look at a full recap with key observations and trends from around the league in week nine. And then we'll make some recommendations on players you should not be afraid to start ahead of week 10. So for Dustin Chandry signing off here at the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast. You can follow the pod on Twitter at FFAlchemistPod or email us at FantasyAlchemistPodcast at gmail.com.